you are listening to a Live City Church podcast, and we hope you'll experience Jesus today. We are excited to have you join our extended online church family. If you would like further information or wish to access more content, please connect with us on our Live City Church Facebook page or visit us at livecitychurch.com. Amen. There is another scripture that I'm not going to read. Um, uh, I'm not going to read, but I'm going to refer to it. And it is this. It is Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says in the book of Genesis that, uh, that in the beginning, do you know it? What does it say? In the beginning. In the beginning, God created. Uh, what is it God created? Oh, come on, guys. I thought you knew it. In the beginning, uh, there was nothing. It was darkness. Uh, we know that the earth was without form and it was void. The Bible says darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. This is a key uh, verse in the whole context because if the Spirit of God hovers over the waters, we have to look at what the Spirit of God was doing because hovering is, is, is an action that is quite still. It's, quite, um, uh, it's not, not emotion. It doesn't create much. Amen. Hovercrafts, they go over the water. They don't really trouble the water. They use the water as an aid to get somewhere. The Spirit of God was hovering over the water, hovering over the face of the deep. When you look at that word in the Hebrew, take it out of the Hebrew, extract it into the English, uh, the imagery is that of a chicken that is sitting on an egg. The chicken is on the egg heavy enough to give the egg incubation and warmth and protection, but light enough not to break the egg. And so the Spirit of God is hovering over the face of the deep heavy enough to incubate this void space, to incubate the darkness, heavy enough to keep this darkness warm, as it were, but, uh, but light enough not to break what is about to happen. Then the Bible says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, the Spirit is the agency of God, so whenever God speaks, it's the Spirit that actually brings that thing into action. The Word of God, therefore, is the, the mediator, the thing that's in between the mind of God or the voice of God or the, uh, the being that is the substance of God and the activity of God. So we have the substance of God that speaks out, let there be. And the word of God, if we had time, would go into John, St. John chapter number one, which talks about the Logos, which talks about God, Jesus, coming into this world. He becomes light to the world, and, uh, and the darkness is not comprehended. So Jesus now uh, is, in a sense, the, the with God in the beginning. God says, let there be, and there was, and the Spirit ushers that light into place. Are you with me? There is the active agency of God, which is the Spirit of God. It is the Spirit of God that does stuff. Hello? It is the Spirit of God that brings things into being. It is the Spirit of God through the Word of God that actually creates. It is the Spirit of God that uh, through the Word of God that actually brings forth. It is the Spirit of God that when you pray and when you decree a thing, when you bring healing, it is the Spirit of God that brings that thing into manifestation. There is no manifestation without the Spirit of God. There is no movement. There is no 
uh, evidence, as it were, without the Spirit of God. And we can argue theology over of what evidence there is, but there is no evidence without the Spirit of God. If there is no evidence of love, there's no Spirit of God. Hello? We can speak in tongues from now until the night falls. That doesn't mean that God is here if there's no love. Uh-oh. Okay, um, I do say this at home, but I'm going to say it here. If you cannot say amen, say ouch. <laughs> because the truth is, brothers and sisters, we've all done it. We've come to church and, 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 and uh, not wanting to mock the Holy Spirit, but we've done the hakuna matata. We, we have done, you know, we've done the ch chicken tikka masala. You know, we, we've done it. We've done it. Um, uh, you know, who's stolen my Honda? Uh, 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 you say it fast. Who's stolen my Honda? Who's stolen my Honda? Uh, we, 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 have, we, have, we have done all that stuff and then we've had arguments with our brothers and sisters and yet we say, God, move in me. Because if the Spirit of God is in you, there has to be an outworking of love. And so I... I, I I now have to understand that, that there is a demand that I have in God for God to move in me. And the demand is more than just showing up on Sunday. Don't get me wrong. It's important. The demand for God to move in me is more than just me singing a song. I'm so glad that we move beyond worship today, beyond singing rather today, into worship. Uh, the, the, the demand that God has placed in me is for his spirit to be active in me so this mortal thing can go through a metamorphosis and have an impact that is beyond what I'm seeing. There, there has to be manifestation. Now, now can, can we get into it? I've got 11 minutes left. Can we get into it? The, the important part of this is that when God did this, when God made you, when God made me, when, when, when he made us, when he established humanity, he made us right. He did not make us wrong. One, one, one of the biggest lessons I learned didn't come from a Christian. Pastor, I'm going to say this. Rob, start the car. We're going to go. One of the biggest lessons I learned is when I tried to tackle a guy from the nation of Islam. If you don't know that a nation of Islam, they're an offshoot of the uh, Islamic faith. They're normally black. They wear bow ties. They wear black suits and white trainers. <laughs> I don't know. I, I tried and I got, I got all fervent. I got like, listen, man, I'm going to take you on because my Bible says this. I was young. I was about 14 years old. And the guy said to me, he said, young man, young man, you don't even know your God. He said, you don't even know your God. He, he said to me, the biggest lesson, one of those, sorry, not the biggest, one of the biggest lessons I learned was from a guy that wasn't even a Christian. He said, you don't even know your God. I said, what do you mean? He said, why shouldn't you lie? Oh, that's easy. The Bible says you shouldn't lie. It's an abomination. Lying is the devil's tongue. It's the devil's language. And the guy said, yeah, that might be true. But when you lie... You go against how God made you, bro. I said, <laughs> you're Islamic. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> but I went away from that. I said, God, you need to teach me so I've got an answer to this. He said to me, the reason why you shouldn't lie is because God made you correct. Now, how, how can I be in there, in the, 
He said, God made you correct. And then he did something else. He said, he said, your God, Yahweh, made you right. And when he made you right, every time you lie, you go against how he made you. I said, this guy I said, listen, man, you're Islamic. How, why, why, are you, why are you? So I realized it's an offshoot. They, they mix Christianity and all sorts of stuff in there. And I went away from that thinking, all right, God, you've got you to deal with me on this. You've got to. And I grew in this understanding that God made me right. And I took it one step further. Why did you make me right, God? And this is where, uh, if I ever see him again, I'll kick him into touch. <laughs> I realize you guys like rugby. That's right. Yeah, I forgot. If, if I see him again, I will, I will just say, listen, listen, uh, God made me right. And, and, and lying is, is not just going against how God made me, but God made me right because he, he made me like him. You, you, you hear the difference? The theology that he was portraying was trying to attract me to him, but that's, that, that's a nice thought. But actually, God made me right, not because he made me not to lie, because he made me like him. That's the missing part. He, he, he made me in his image. So when I lie, I go against his image of me. When I sin, I go against his image of me. He made me right. I've got seven minutes and 53 seconds. Let's do this. He, he says this. He said, I, I, I made you. I made you in my image. Well, what is the image of God? God is Father. God is Son. God is Holy Spirit. God is three, yet he is one. Really quickly, if you're making notes, make this note. God is separated by his function, but he is united by his substance. How can you have a trinity? You have one God in three parts, yes, because the function of the Father is not the function of Jesus. The function of Jesus is not the function of the Holy Spirit. The Father is the one that orchestrates. Jesus is the one that redeems and unites. The Holy Spirit is the one that comforts and brings us into knowledge and brings manifestation. So we understand that God is three in function, but he is one in substance. The substance of the Father is the substance of Jesus, is the substance of the Holy Spirit. Understand this then. I am three, yet I am one. That's how he made me. And the issue is, brothers and sisters, that oftentimes we operate out of two. We are three. We are made in three parts. We are body, we are mind, and we are spirit. Hello, somebody. And oftentimes we operate out of mind and body. But we don't operate out of spirit. And, and, and the point is that God made us with spirit. He is three, but he's one. Can I put it like this? I'm a husband. Yes. I am a brother. Amen. I'm a father. But, but I am not separated. When my wife comes to me and says she loves me, I get excited. Hey, how much you love me, baby? <laughs> when my brother comes to me and he says he loves me, I don't get excited. I say, right, bro, cool, touch, nice. Yeah. Respect. When my kids say to me, and I say, I love you, daddy, I get all emotional, you love me. Because I operate out of two, uh, three different functions according to who's approaching me. But I'm still one person. 
And the issue is that sometimes we operate out of the, the wrong side of, 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 of our Christianity. And, and, and this is why we don't see manifestation because we are operating out of mind and body, but we, 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 have, we have not operated out of spirit yet. And, and, and there's a point to this because God is not a God that operates just out of mind and body, but God is spirit. John chapter number 4 verse 24 and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth if you've only engaged your mind and your body in worship you haven't worshipped yet Father God can we get a little bit deeper let's get a little bit deeper let's get a little just a little bit deeper let's a little bit deeper uh, the Greek for mind is the word suke it is the, the, the seat of your emotions. And, and if someone affects you emotionally, they affect you in your mind. That's where you're affected. Amen. If someone can say some words to you, it doesn't affect your body. It affects your mind. If they say, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Your mind takes They hate me, they hate me. <laughs> your mind takes it. And then what happens is oftentimes or sometimes your bodily has a manifestation of what's going on in your mind. Hello? Uh, uh, so, so, so suke is your mind, amen? Uh, and it's important when Jesus prayed and when his, when his sweat turned to blood, it was a mental frustration. It was a mental turmoil that turned a, his, his emotion into a bodily manifestation. And so we understand that the mind can affect the body. It is suke, amen? The Greek for the body is soma. It is soma. So we have, we have mind over body oftentimes which is why when i don't feel like doing something i don't do it and when i feel like doing something i do it when i don't feel like coming to church i stay in my bed and press snooze 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 and, and when i don't feel like getting up for work i call him i'm really bad i've got a bit of a sickness today i can't because my mind operates my body now, now, the doctors will tell you this. I've got three minutes and 33 seconds left. The doctors will tell you this. When you go to the, <laughs> when you go to the doctor, I'm going to speed up. The doctors will tell you this. They go to the doctor, go to the GP. <laughs> I'm taking my time. The GP says this. He says that what you're suffering from, Mr. Brown, not me, but you know whoever, I'm just using myself because I don't want to embarrass anybody. What you're suffering from is, is something that is mind-controlled. The GP will, will, will say this to you. Uh, and, but actually, they won't say this to you. They'll say, okay, they understand. And they write in their little note, this guy is a hypochondriac. <laughs> he, he, he is not ill, but he's telling himself he's ill. So what I need to do is I need to give him a medication that, that placates his hypochondria, uh, but actually is nothing that is beneficial medically. Because the doctor says, this is your psyche operating your soma. This is psychosomatic. It is your mind operating your body and your mind is telling your body that your body is ill and you can't sleep because your mind says you can't sleep. You can't eat because your mind says you can't eat. You can't drink because your mind says you can't drink. And now you get in sicker and sicker and sicker because your mind has told your body that your body is suffering. There is such a power in the mind that if you can ever get your mind to think right, your body will begin to act right. Oh, can we talk about it? Uh, has anybody ever committed sin in the house? 
And does the sin stay with you spiritually? Does the sin stay with you spiritually? Once you become saved, the Bible says all things are washed away, all things become new. Well, if all things are new, God, why can I remember how the sin felt good? Hello? Because sin, as much as it's been taken care of in the spirit, sometimes attaches itself to your mind. And if you think about it long enough, you begin to long for the stuff that has been erased by Christ because your mind is affecting your body, telling your body, I've just got to make that phone call just one more time. Psychosomatic. But, but, but the word in the Greek for the spirit is pneuma. And, and, and this is important because my mind keeps me connected to myself. If you see someone out there running through the streets, naked, starkers, I call it starkers in England, do you say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, 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 you would say that person's lost their mind. Mind keeps you connected to yourself. Your body keeps you connected to this world. But your spirit keeps you connected to God. And so what God is trying to do is trying to get past your mind, get past your body and get to your spirit. Because we should not be psychosomatic, but we should be pneuma, psychosomatic, which is spirit over mind, over body. Spirit over mind over body. And then it becomes not just a matter of, of declaration, but a matter of living. God, when I say move in me, what I'm really saying is, have your spirit over my mind. So that when your spirit's over my mind, God, my body will move in your direction. Just give me one chair. Can I have a chair? Can I have a chair? Oh, here's one. No phone. Here's one. Amen. And what's your name, bro? Zach, come and sit here, Zach. Amen. Amen. Here's Zach. Zach, you nervous? Don't be nervous, man. I'm not Darren Brown. I'm Wayne Brown. Amen. Uh, uh, um, Darren Brown is an English hypnotist. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, don't get nervous. Uh, uh, th this is important because every time I want to go a different direction, if he moves in me, then he will keep me seated in heavenly places. Listen, I'm just going to put my hand on top of your head. Amen. Is that all right? I'm going to put my cloth here. All right. Take a picture. As I ask you to stand up, I'm just going to push on you gently. You're going to sit down, okay? I've asked you to do that. You are not hypnotized. I've asked you, okay? This is it. So, every time you try and stand up, let's go. Sit down now. I'm saying, God, move in me. Sit on me. Heavy enough to keep me incubated. Light enough not to break me. Sit on my mind, God. In me. Go again. If I try to move in the wrong direction, go again. Just sit on me. 
just sit on me, God. If I try to move in a direction that is against your will, just, just move in me and cause me, God, just to be in the right place. Please don't break me, Father. Please hold on to me. Incubate me until the time of manifestation. One more time, bro. Uh, you nearly got away. But the Spirit sits on him. Sits in his mind. Thank you, man. Until that moment, until that moment that God begins to create in him. Listen, I've got to close this before we go on. God begins to create in him. Why? Why create in him? Because the Bible says, if the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, your mortal bodies are transformed. See, 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 the Spirit of God can't dwell in sickness. Why, why is there so much sickness in our mortal bodies? Because if the Spirit of God is here, he's got to quicken this body and make it active and make it, make it on fire, make it something that it's not normal. I've got to be not just natural, but I've got to be supernatural. I, I, I've got, I've, I'm not just ordinary, I've got to be extraordinary because the Spirit of God is inside of me, quickening this mortal body. Remember, I'm connected to Him by my Spirit. So when He speaks the Word, I don't receive it in my mind, I receive it in my Spirit. And my Spirit informs my mind, this is what you need to do. And my body begins to act based upon what my mind has been told by the Spirit of God. Would you all stand? Grab the hand of someone next to you. Hallelujah. We, we used to sing this song in, in, in the old church. There is no satisfaction without salvation. There was an old song we used to sing in. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to sing it. There was an old song we used to sing in, um, in the church. And it, um, it um, spelled out for, for, for Sunday school. S-A-L-V-A-T-I-O-N. There is no satisfaction without salvation. S-A-L-V-A-T-I-O-N. And it said, shout it out loud and clear. S-A-L-V-A-T-I-O-N. Shout it out loud and clear. S-A-L-V-A-T-I-O-N. It's a wonderful song. We used to learn it in, in, in Sunday school. Uh, but there's a problem with it. Because many of us are saved, but not satisfied. And we, we have engendered a theology that has, has literally been like a placebo. It has dealt with our minds, but hasn't dealt with our spirits. I, I know this is not life city. This is this is just general. This is just general. Well, we we have we have done something so wonderful with Christianity that it it works for us, both intellectually, uh, uh, visually. Listen, this is awesome. I've taken notes, and so we're going to be implementing some of this stuff. Uh, but if you go to some of these 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 awesome services, visually, it speaks to us. But I want God to speak to my spirit. So that if it's just me and him in my bathroom with the shower running cold, I can still have the manifestation of God in my heart. Don't get me wrong, brothers and sisters. I love this. I'm, like I say, I've taken pictures. When I get back, I'm going to say to my church, we're doing this. This is what we're doing. We're going to get. I don't know about the two screens. We're going to have to invest. <laughs> ah, this is wonderful. But if this was stripped away, if it was stripped away, 
if it was stripped away. Come on, brother Lee, that's right. If it was stripped away, if it was if it was removed, if everything was gone, it, what, what what would be our response? Lee, I know you would. I know I would. I know the worship team would. I know we're still here. We will still worship, right? But what about the person that can't move beyond that feeling of, I need this in order to feel God? So to that person, if you're here, I don't think you are, but if you are, move in me, Jesus. Move in me, God. If you get out there in the week and you get frustrated by a boss, and let me tell you something, bosses are frustrating. Move in me, Jesus. Move in me, Jesus. Move in me, Jesus. Move in me. Move in me. Move. Let me be the agent of change because you've got spirit over mind over body. If you're, you're going to the doctors, and guess what? Sometimes sickness happens. I've been in hospital 12 days. They didn't know what was wrong with me. High fevers and temperatures. Man, I got sent between, between uh, the operating team and between the medical team. No, give him tablets. No, no, no. Let's take something out. No, give him tablets. No, 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 no. Let's take something out. And then 12 days later, the fever went down. They sent me home. And two years later, I had my gallbladder removed. A preacher, preaching Christ. They took it out. When they first said to me, I'm going to take your gallbladder, I said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. Why are you going to take it? If God gave it to me, that means I need it. But he said, no, you've been eating too much oily stuff. And what you've done is you've created gallstones. So we've got to take it. A lot of the stuff we go through is not God. It's us. You can't eat chicken and chips every single day for a year and think that you're going to be all right at the end of the year. <laughs> Hello, somebody. But when we are moving by his spirit, he comes to redeem, he comes to take away. Lift those hands in the air. Father, in the name of Jesus, somebody needs not just a mind conversion, but a spirit mind conversion. For your word says, no one comes unless the spirit draws. So the spirit brings them and their mind goes through the metanoia and they repent, Father God, in their mind based on what the spirit has done and then their body follows suit. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the move internally, God. The spirit move, Father God. The powerful move, Father God. The anointed move. And I declare in Jesus' mighty name that everyone in this room would receive that powerful transformation. That they would and we would not just be people that know you mentally, but people that know you spiritually. Thank you, God. So I declare and I decree in the hand that I'm holding a spirit transformation I decree and declare in the hand that I'm holding a spirit change, Father God, a spirit transformation. I declare and decree, God, that your pneuma takes its seat above the suke and that, Father God, the soma falls in line. That we will be spirit, mind, and body. And you would receive the glory, Father God. Father, we understand that you hovered. Now we want you to be within. Be within us, warming us, Father God. Be within us, incubating us, Father God. Heavily enough not to, uh, to, to, to incubate, but light enough not to break us, Father. In the name of Jesus, move in us. God. Thank you for joining Life City Church. 
and we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at livecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to livecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.